Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hope you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Well, we've been talking about a dream that Eric and I have had for quite a while now of having a facility in the Salt Lake area where people can come to research not only LDS books and resources, periodicals, but also Christian resources as well, and also have a bookstore that deals more with books of an apologetic theme. Naturally, we want to have a place where people can find books that deal with the subject of Mormonism, because that's what we do here at Mormonism Research Ministry. But unlike the Utah Lighthouse bookstore that we worked at for many years as volunteers, we want to broaden the topic. So we want to have books that also deal with subjects that are challenging Christians today, uh, dealing with all sorts of social subjects and things like that. And also we want to have a museum aspect as well. Yesterday I was talking a little bit about what we hope to have in the portion of our museum that deals with the subject of Mormonism, and we want to continue that theme before we move on to talk about what we want to have in the Bible theme of our museum. We're going to have old books, old Mormon books on display, old editions of the Book of Mormon, for instance. A lot of people are not aware that the Book of Mormon has gone through a number of revisions. One of the books that we will have on display is my 1908 edition of the Book of Mormon, which does not have the phrase out of the waters of baptism in First Nephi chapter 20. Even though Mormons will claim it was translated by the gift and power of God, you're going to see that this thing was going through an evolutionary change ever since 1830 when the first edition came out. But what other books are we going to have in that area of our museum? Bill, I brought my goodie box, and it has a lot of fun things in it. In fact, I'm going to be going to several different churches who are going to allow me to speak at a Sunday school hour to explain about our project idea here, and to bring some of the archaeology and the old books that I have that will be included in this museum. And so I brought some today just so I could have them in my hands and talk about them. One here I have is from 1868. It is a Deseret Alphabet book. This was a language that was designed by Brigham Young. I don't think a lot of people knew about that. I don't know how many listeners have understood what this is all about, but he created a language that would be easier for immigrants coming from Europe especially to learn a language other than English because he felt English was too hard. So they came up with this language. This book will be great to have on display to explain the Deseret Alphabet, but what a failure Brigham Young was in putting this together, and it's not used today. Uh, another book I have here is called Catechism for Children, and this is dated from the uh, 19th century, and it has, like a catechism would, it would have the questions, what relation do men sustain to God? I mean, this is a fun book to go through and to see what was being taught in the 19th century, which is pretty much what is being taught in the 21st century. I have also in my hands right here an 1854 fourth edition from Liverpool 
Book of Mormon. This is a incredible piece that we have. Now the cover's coming off. We're probably going to do some repair work to it. But this is a rare book. And so somebody wants to come in and see books like that are going to have a chance to actually not only see it, but perhaps even to have the pages open and we can show them. I brought a book called The Miracle of Forgiveness. Bill, you've heard me talk about Spencer W. Kimball's book many never. times. I've never heard you talk about Spencer Kimball's book. I have about <laughs> six autographed copies that I have picked up over the years by purchasing these books. I've handed out probably eight or 900 copies of The Miracle of Forgiveness since 2015. But this one is my favorite. Maybe, Bill, you can explain why. This is signed by Spencer W. Kimball. Like I say, I have others too, but this is my favorite, to the Paul H. Dunn with affection, Spencer W. Kimball. And of course, most people don't know who Paul H. Dunn was, and he was a 70 in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was probably one of the more popular speakers during his time, and one of the reasons why he was so popular is because a lot of his talks were made up. He had all sorts of great adventures from being in Okinawa in World War II and having a friend allegedly die in his arms, which never happened. Plus, he claimed how he played for the Cardinals. But while you're thinking St. Louis Cardinals, he's actually thinking Pocatello Cardinals. Not really a big deal. But he has all these amazing stories, and then it came out later on that a lot of what he was saying wasn't true at all. So it is interesting that you have a signed copy of The Miracle of Forgiveness addressed to Paul H. Dunn a very prominent figure in Mormonism. Unfortunately for him, he was disgraced when the truth came out. And maybe that says something about the discernment of, at the time, an apostle, and then later, a few years later, became the 12th president of the church. Bill, in my hands, I hold the first edition copy of Wife Number 19, or A Life of Bondage, a full expose of Mormonism by Anne Eliza Young. And this book is in great shape. I mean, it's bound well. It looks like it has been rebound, but uh, it's the original cover and the original backing. I mean, we're talking 1876. This book, I think, had a major impact on the way that Americans viewed polygamy. And when they, they got this expose and found out how terrible polygamy was in Utah and what Brigham Young had instituted here, I think that caused a huge reaction. It wasn't more than two decades later that the church disavowed its view on polygamy. Well, it certainly could could not have helped the public image when it came to polygamy, because let's remember, in one of our presidential elections, they had what they called the twin relics of barbarism, and that included not only slavery, but polygamy. So this was certainly an issue that was causing a lot of concerns in our country during that time period. Bill, in my hands, I hold a 1615 copy of the Geneva Bible. Shakespeare, for instance, would cite from it. The Puritans, the Pilgrims, others use this Bible. This one that I have in my hands has been rebound, but it's dated 1615. We're going to have old Bibles like this. I have a 1633 King James Version of the Bible that I will also have on display so people can actually see the history of the English Bible. Think about it, 1615. That was five years before the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock in 1620. It is in good shape. It's missing the title page, but, I mean, you're talking very well bound. And so for people who want to know a little bit, we're going to have the history of the English Bible because we want to go after Article 8. The Bible is true as far as it's translated correctly. We want to 
have a discussion about what the English Bible is about. We also will have information there that will help people to know that the Bible that we have today has lots of authenticity with the manuscripts that go back to uh, the time of the Apostles of the Apostles for the New Testament, and we have the Old Testament going back to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Our theme for this Bible museum aspect is going to be the same theme that we have said many times on this show, that the Bible talks about real people, real places, and real events. And we want to have displays that verify that. We know we can't prove the spiritual message of the Bible. That has to be spiritually discerned. Salvation comes through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit only. But I think we can demonstrate to people who may have doubts about the authenticity of the Bible that it does speak of, as I said, real people, real places, and real events. What does the Book of Mormon have? Nothing. It cannot make that claim for itself. You have to believe everything on blind faith going back to what? Joseph Smith. You have to trust what Joseph Smith had to say in order to come to the conclusion that the Book of Mormon speaks of real people, which there's no evidence to support that. In my hands, I have a plastic bag, and I'm going to keep this in the plastic bag because this is falling apart, but it's a 1633 edition of the Texas Receptus. The Texas Receptus is what the King James translators used to translate. Now, since that time, we have much better uh, documentation as to what the New Testament was about, but this is the Greek and it's a, and so somebody who doesn't read Greek, they, what's the big deal about that? Well, this is the version that is used to translate the uh, King James Version of the Bible. Bill, another thing that we're going to have will be pottery, coins, spearheads. I, I have in my hand right here, I have a stone cup. This was a pure way of drinking. The uh, Jewish priest would have used this. This is from 2,000 years ago. It's Herodian. Also, I have a probably about a two-foot spearhead. This is Persian. This is 2,500 years old. I have a number of pots and uh, lamps and other things like that that come from 2,000 to 4,000 years ago. There is a pedigree. When the Bible talks about certain places and it talks about certain events, we have documentation through the ground, through the junk that was left behind. And so we're going to use those things that we have. And we have a friend, Chip Thompson, and he has a Bible museum in Ephraim. He's going to help us put together a museum with Bible artifacts like what I'm holding here. So, Bill, we are looking for help on this. We can't do this without the support of the people who are listening to us. If you are a faithful listener, we're going to ask you, would you be willing to help us with this fundraiser where it's a capital campaign? We don't do this ever. This is the first time. But we have a $100,000 grant that has been given to us. Any gift that's given to us in the next few months is going to be matched dollar for dollar. You can find out more by going to utahchristianbookstore.com. Go to that website. And you can find out how you can give and how you can get your gift doubled by the $100,000 grant. And we should mention, since we've been talking about old Bible versions, that to make this kind of fun, we have a Bible, a 1630 edition of the King James Bible. It was not complete. It was rebound in the 1800s. And when it was rebound, for some reason, several of the books of the New Testament were not included, such as the pastoral epistles, Colossians, Hebrews, and so forth. But for a gift of $300, we would love to send you out of appreciation 
Association a page from that 1630 edition. It will be from the Old Testament, a page of our choice. If you wanted to give a gift of 600 up to $1,000, then you tell us some of your preferences. Give us three options of which Old Testament verse that you would like to have, and we will send that to you for a gift of $1,000 or more. You have the option of picking a page from either the New Testament or the Old Testament. But we do want to tell you that we've already had people helping us out with this. And many of those pages out of the New Testament, they are going very quickly. And so if you want to hope to get your choice, and we need to hear from you relatively soon here. One last time, utahchristianbookstore.com slash, and you put 1630-Bible in there. You can see the pages that have already been taken, but filled more, well more than three-quarters of the Bible is easily available if they would just go and see what is there. So if you're as excited about this building as we are, please pray for us. Pray that God will bring the right facility to us. Pray that the funds will come in that will kind of tell us of what we can actually find. Again, I thank all of you that have expressed your excitement about this project as well. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.